Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by a guest speaker who visited our Burragoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Well, good morning again, everybody. Thank you to the worship team. It's wonderful. And thank you again for the invitation to be here. It's just such a joy <laughs> and a privilege to be here. And um, having been the children and families pastor here for quite a number of years, it just seems so appropriate that it's an orange Sunday today and that the kids are here. So children, can you give me a wave? Because I know that you like to hide between the seats. Can you wave? Yes, few kids around. Actually, quite a lot at this service. You must have had a bit of a lie-in this morning, did you? All good. Well, I've been really praying, actually, in thinking about this message and preparing for it. I've been asking the Lord, what is it that you would like me to say particularly to the children this morning? And the thing I think that has percolated to the surface of my heart and my spirit is to say to each and every one of you that you have a heavenly father who absolutely loves and adores you. And he has a good plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to bless you. He wants you to walk in his ways. And he wants you to know him while he's still young. That's a wonderful thing. He wants you to have a life with purpose. doesn't want you to just drift along through life. You know, there's a verse in the book of Proverbs, which is in the Bible, of course. It's Proverbs 18.24. I love it. It says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, kids, who do you think that friend is? Any ideas? Can you say it together? The friend that sticks closer than a brother is... It is Jesus. You're absolutely right. And you did better than the first service, even though there was possibly more children here. Jesus, you see, whatever happens in life, whether you're having a few problems at school or in your family or whatever it might be, we have this wonderful promise that we have a friend who sticks closer actually than anybody even in your own family. The Lord Jesus, and he wants to uh, help you when you've got problems or you're worried about something. He wants to enjoy with you when you're happy and, and rejoice with you. And he wants to comfort you when you're sad because he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that's a very short verse, isn't it? It's a great one to remember and to hang on to because you people, you young people, have such great minds for remembering. Well, I came to faith as a child. I think I was about 10 or 11. I can't remember exactly how old I was. But as I look back over my life now, as I'm getting a bit older, I can see that this verse has been absolutely true. The Lord Jesus has been the friend that has stuck closer to me than even a brother. But of course, when we follow Jesus, we're not in the lead We're following him because he is the one that has the good plan for our life. And sometimes he's asked me to do things that have been quite difficult for me, to be perfectly honest. Like when I really believed that I heard him start to talk to me about stepping away from my role in the church here, looking after all the children and families. And I thought, you've got to be joking, Lord. I love that role and I love being part of this church. Where could possibly be any better than Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Well, it's true, isn't it? There can't possibly be a better church than this one. And I didn't really want to do it. But do you know what? 
when Jesus speaks to you about something, it's very wise and sensible to do what he says. Because he always has the best plans for us. And he wants good things for us. So who could possibly have imagined that when I stepped away from my role here on the staff at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. I didn't even know if there would be any more ministry work for me. But miraculously, this job with Baptist World Aid sort of came to me. I didn't really go looking for it. And in this job, I'm actually now speaking up for the world's very poorest children and families because that's my heart. Now, how cool is that? You know, only God could do that, couldn't he? So if we say no to him, and because God and the Lord Jesus, he's so gentle, he never forces us to do anything. But if we don't listen to him, we ignore him, which is really being disobedient, like when you're disobedient to your parents... What happens is that we miss out on the good things that he's got for us. So children, I encourage you to listen to the Lord Jesus and do what he says, because his plans are always the best ones. And as soon as we come to faith in the Lord Jesus, our Heavenly Father wants us to be about his plans and purposes for our lives right until the end of our lives. Now, there was a very famous evangelist. Now, an evangelist is somebody that God has given a gift to talk about his son, the Lord Jesus. So an evangelist sort of tells people about Jesus and wins them to Jesus. And this man's name was Dwight Moody. He lived quite a long time ago, but I think he was ahead of his times. He was quite a trendsetter, wasn't he? Look at that bushy beard, you know, (laughs) fitting in beautifully in this day and age, I must say. So Dwight Moody really understood the place of children in the kingdom of God. And one night he'd been out to a meeting and he came home and said to his wife, oh, I had two and a half people come to believe in Jesus tonight. And she was a bit confused. She said, two and a, two and a half people, what do you mean two adults and a child? Because obviously children are shorter than adults. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I mean two children and an adult. <laughs> because... He said, when a child comes to faith in the Lord Jesus, you've got your whole life ahead of you to be about the things of the kingdom, to be about Jesus's work. Whereas an adult who comes to faith has already had half of their life. So the half was the adult. And you know, Dwight Moody, he really understood how important you children are. And when he finished his ministry, he said this, If I could relive my entire life, I would devote my entire ministry to reaching children for God. That's how important children are in the kingdom of God, because God the Father wants you to know Jesus while you're still young, because then he wants his goodness and his love to flow through you into a hurting and broken world, and you've got a whole lifetime ahead of you to do it. Isn't that great? He wants you to be agents of transformation. That's a bit like being on a mission for God. Your whole life becomes really exciting because God's going to give you different things to do. But as always in life, there are choices, aren't there? And Jesus told a very famous story, which we're now going to hear. The lovely Heather's going to read it for us. Here it comes. Thank you, Heather. 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Thank you, Heather. All right, kids, you've heard the story, you've seen the story. It's all about you today. I want you to take just one minute to chat with whoever came with you what you think that story meant. Did it mean building a nice house to impress your neighbours? Or did it mean something quite different? Have a quick chat with whoever brought you. One minute, that's all, even less. Grown-ups, you can discuss as well if you like. All right, that's it. Time up. That was quick, wasn't it? So, right around the world at the moment, God is raising up children to be agents of transformation. And I first heard that expression, agents of transformation, when I went to the World Prayer Assembly in 2012, which was in Jakarta, Indonesia. And there we were hearing stories of children who were praying for their countries, group of Indonesian children who lived in a horrible area of Indonesia with lots of problems and difficulties. And God asked them to pray for their area and huge changes began to happen for the better. And then we heard stories from some Egyptian children. Now, Egypt is a very hard place to be a follower of Jesus because the people there get persecuted. But these children were praying that God would reveal himself to their Muslim neighbors. And he was doing just that. Because, you know, God loves to hear and answer the prayers of children. Your prayers are very, very powerful. Never underestimate that. In our own church, in a prayer gathering here, the children, God asked the children to pray for the Middle East, especially the young mothers and children. Now, that was about two weeks before all the problems with ISIS started in the Middle East. And it was almost as if God was covering that area with the prayers of children. And one little boy You know, I was thinking about this. As adults, we really wouldn't normally expect to ask children to pray about such weighty matters, would we? But God the Father doesn't have a problem with it. And one little boy, who must have been about six, came up to me and said, God has asked me to pray for Afghanistan. And he could hardly say the word. So children, have your ears sharpened because God is wanting to speak to you and he wants you to pray. I remember a couple of years ago when we were packing the shoeboxes, and of course it's the shoebox time of year again, it's got very expensive to send those shoeboxes across the world, and we had quite a shortfall of money here at Mounties. And so a group of kids from MPK went to their mum, who then came to me, all off their own bat, and said, 
uh, could we run a cake stall after the morning services and raise money f- to meet the shortfall of, of money? Which is exactly what they did. They got more than the money that was needed. You see, they were being agents of transformation. And because of their kindness, children in much poorer countries received a gift because of that. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So in the story of the two builders, Jesus is really, and I'm sure you got this right, children, he's advising us to build our life on what really matters, to be about his business and his plans, which usually involve kindness, generosity, loving our neighbor as ourself, because those are the things that will stand the test of time. And when he said, build your house on the rock, this is actually how we do it. We ask Jesus and we pray, and that's how we become an agent of transformation, because the rock actually is the Lord Jesus. You know, the Old Testament and the New Testament, all of the Bible, talk an awful, awful lot about how we should live. And since I've started this role with Baptist World Aid, I've been so, so challenged in this area. Because what God has to say about the poor and needy in the scriptures, we just can't avoid it. It's shouting out at us, really, if only we have eyes to see. There are actually over 2,000 references to justice and righteousness. Now, children, if you're not sure what justice means, it really, in very simple terms, means a fair person. And you understand all about fairness, don't you? Because when you're at school and somebody's not being fair, they're hogging the soccer ball or they're refusing to give somebody else a turn, it's annoying because it's not fair. And us adults, it's the same. You know, when we we have to pay our taxes and then we hear in the news about big companies who are making pots of money in Australia and they're not paying any tax at all, it makes us angry because it's not fair. And I think we react like that because we're made in God's image. The Bible tells us that. So we are all capable of justice and righteousness. Fairness matters to us, But usually we have a bit of a lopsided view of what's fair. We're concerned with the things in our own little world, whereas God the Father is not like that. He sees all the injustice across the nations and in the earth. And this is something we don't hear about God the Father very often, but it actually makes him very angry. And we know that because he sent the Old Testament prophets to tell his people, people like you and me, that he didn't want their worship songs and their sacrifices if they weren't living in the right way before him. And to live in the right way before God is to love our neighbor as ourselves to be kind and generous people, because God was always saying, be holy, because I'm holy. I'm a holy God. You're my people, so be like me. Here's a very challenging picture. This picture's taken in the Philippines, and this is a family that have spent all day out in the mountains collecting those plantains or bananas or or whatever they are. And the picture's taken at dusk. They've just arrived in the early evening to sell that fruit at market in order to buy rice. So the rice, of course, is the staple food in the Philippines, and that will feed them. But children, I'd like you to look at those children 
they actually should be going to school, shouldn't they? They shouldn't be working all day like that. Just look at their clothes. Do they look like your clothes? Not really. Look at the lady that's with them. She looks old, doesn't she? She looks like their grandma, but she's not. She's their mum. But she works so hard, she's worn out. I find that a sad photograph, and I think that probably makes the father's great heart of love sad as well, because he has provided us with this beautiful earth that has enough for everyone, but we're not very good at sharing. So that little story that Jesus told means to build our lives on the rock and to live in God's ways. We actually have to think about these people. We actually have to engage with this. And for children to be agents of transformation, it's actually important that you understand that this is what the world is like. It's not actually a very fair place. And if we choose to think, which we can do as a child or an adult, oh, it's too bad. You know, I live in Australia. I'm fine, thanks. That kind of attitude is actually building our house on the sand. And there's a verse from Proverbs that says, 14.3, he who oppresses the poor, that means somebody who maybe exploits the poor or doesn't take care of the poor, shows contempt for their maker. It's like saying to God, oh, I can't be bothered with what you think. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. This is what he wants from us as his people. He wants our actual lives to reflect who he is. And this is how we build our house on the rock. We need to live out our faith. We need to take our faith with us when we go shopping. I've got my ethical fashion guides on the stand at the back so that you know that when you buy something, it's not the person that's made it has been paid properly and can, pay, can, pay the, uh, can feed their children that night. However, I want to challenge us all about what, how much we really do know about the world in which we're living. So who likes quizzes? Yes, a few hands up. So we're going to have a very quick quiz. You should have got a piece of paper as you came in. If you're in the first service, no cheating, please. Um, so we're going to move really quickly through this, and you can do it in groups. Very, it's, uh, you're welcome to have a quick chat if you want, but I am going to move fast. All right, ready for question number one? They'll come up on the screen. In all low-income countries across the world today, how many girls finish primary school? Is it A, 20%, B, 40%, or C, 60%? Unfortunately, in poor countries, it is often girls and women that miss out. Which do you think? Number two. Ooh, that was fast. What is the life expectancy of the world today? In other words, how long on average do people live? Is it A, 50 years, B, 60 years, or C, 70 years? What do you think, A, B, or C? Number three, there are 2 billion children in the world today aged 0 to 15 years old. That's a lot of children. How many children will there be in the year 2100, according to the United Nations? Will it be 4 billion, 
3 billion or C2 billion. Now, we all know that in recent years, particularly, there's been an awful lot of natural disasters occurring around the world. So the fourth question is, how did the number of deaths per year from natural disasters change over the last 100 years? Was it A, more than doubled, B, remained the same, or C, has it decreased to less than half? Number five... How many of the world's one-year-old children today have been vaccinated against some disease? Is it A, 20%, B, 50%, or C, 80%? Last question, number six. How many people in the world have access to some electricity? Is it A, 20%, B, 50%, or C, 80%. And I just invite you, boys and girls, to imagine if there was no electricity in this room now. Wouldn't have any screens, no microphones, no lights. We actually couldn't do what we're doing. So what do you think? Ready for the answers? Yep. Okay. So question number one. In all low-income countries across the world today, 60% of girls finish primary school. So might not be as bad as you thought. What is the life expectancy of the world today? Was it 50, 60, or 70 years? Well, the answer, again, is an encouraging C. It's 70 years. That's good news. The children in the world today, 2 billion in the world today, how many will will there be in the year 2100? Well, the answer is C, 2 billion. It will remain the same because as women are getting educated, family sizes are falling to a more manageable level. And that is good news for the world moving forward. Number four, the number of deaths from natural disasters in the last 100 years has actually, C, decreased to less than half. Even though we've had so many natural disasters, Organizations like Baptist World Aid have been so effective in helping people prepare for disasters and respond quickly when things happen that many, many lives are being saved. That's really good news. Number five, how many of the world's one-year-old children have been vaccinated? The answer is yet again, C, 80% of them have. That's encouraging, isn't it? Number six, How many people in the world have access to some electricity? Might go in and out a lot, but again, the answer is C, 80%. Now, the point of this quiz, and some people said to me during the services, I scored zero, Cathy. I thought things were much, much worse than what they really are. But that's the whole point of this. We can look at the picture of the family in the Philippines, and there is much work to be done, but we shouldn't feel overwhelmed Because especially through God's people, real change is coming. And when we choose to support agencies like Baptist World Aid, you really are doing your bit to reach into the nations and things are improving for people across the world. And that's really good news. So I choose to hope and pray that that little family in the Philippines who are doing it so tough at the moment, that real change might come for them as well. It's good news. But when we think about where we live ourselves in Perth, I've got a picture of Perth here. What a beautiful city 
we do live in. And no wonder Australia is called the lucky country. Here's some facts about Australia. Did you know that we are now the seventh wealthiest nation on earth? And this next fact, this is this year's figures. In 2018, we moved ahead of Switzerland as the wealthiest nation in terms of median wealth per adult. Ooh. I mean, these figures, they're difficult because we are a small population size and so on, and we have got some super wealthy individuals, obviously. But still, we can see the trend that by living in Australia, we are super blessed. We are very, very wealthy people. So if you think you're doing it tough, you may feel you are, but it could be a lot, lot worse. We're rich in minerals and goods that other countries want. We're the number one global exporter of iron ore, coal, and lead. And more excitingly for us ladies, we're the third largest exporter of pearls. You know, we've got it all here. We've got diamonds, pearls, you know, it's amazing. We're popular with tourists. We're the 10th most popular tourist destination in the world. And I think that would be higher if we weren't quite so far away and expensive to fly to. Our life expectancy, remember the average in the world is now 70 years. If we're lucky enough to live in Australia, which we do, our life expectancy is 82 and a half years, which is now the sixth highest lifespan in the world. Now compare that to Uganda, where our little boy Johnson, where we watched the film, is from. Their life expectancy is 54.1 years. That's a huge difference, isn't it? Like 30 years less life. In Australia, 100% of us have access to clean drinking water. In Uganda, it's only 52%. Enormous discrepancies still, but the world is advancing in a positive way, so don't despair. Living in such an amazing place does bring responsibility with it, though. We need to take our faith with us when we go shopping, as I've already said with our ethical fashion guide. And parents, I really think you can help your children at a young age to become agents of transformation and to begin to understand about what the world is like um, by, by the discussions that you have in your family. If you think it's all a bit too hard... Here's a couple of stories, real-life stories, from Western Australia. They're actually from Albany, and my daughter sent them up. She's got masses of these, but uh, here's just two that I picked out. So the first is about a boy called Riley. He's 12 years old. Any 12-year-olds here? Put your hand up if you're 12. Okay, a few 12-year-olds. Now, he wanted a soccer ball. But he'd been thinking about this stuff because his family and his school had been talking to him about fairness and justice and God's heart for that. And so he did a little bit of research and discovered that the balls in his local sports store were actually largely made by children. Did you know that, kids, that in many places in the world, children actually go to work? They don't go to school. Now, he was 12 and he thought, this isn't really fair they should be going to school. I don't want to buy a soccer ball that's been made by another, another child like me. And so he did some more research with the help of his family and found a company that was selling balls that had been properly made and by adults and who'd been paid a proper wage. And so he decided off his own bat that he would save up his pocket money and wait so that he could buy one of those um, balls that had been properly made. He made that choice because it mattered to him. Agent of transformation, right there, living out God's ways. 
here's another story. Who's seven? Let me see where the seven-year-olds are. Any seven-year-olds? Yes, up there. So this is a little girl called Anusha, seven years old. She really wanted a Lego castle. I know what Lego is, so I don't know what the Lego castle is, so I expect you kids do. And her grandparents, the doting grandparents, I'm going to be one of those soon, offered to buy it for her birthday. But Anusha knew, because she'd been learning about this at school, that there's a problem with the world's oceans at the moment. That's too much plastic in the world, especially in God's beautiful oceans. And so she asked her grandparents to look on Gumtree and wait until a second-hand um, Lego castle came up for sale on there because she didn't want to add to the plastic problem. And when Jess sent me this story, this child had already been waiting over a year. Agent of transformation right there, making the right choices from a young age. Those stories show me children who are growing up, building their life on the rock, on the Lord Jesus, aren't they? They want to walk in God's ways, and they're growing up to be truly global citizens. They're not just thinking about things here in Australia. They've got their eye on the world, and you are so interconnected now, especially this generation coming through, that this is, um, this is the challenge, I think. Think about the kind kids at Kerry. I don't know if I mentioned them before. They're raising donations actually for Baptist World Aid. And they had set a target of $600 for the year. They've doubled that already. And guess what kind kids stand for? Kids in need of donations. They came up with that name themselves. I love it. (laughs) So, children and adults, I want to challenge you this morning. What can you do? to be an agent of transformation. You know, out on my bright yellow table at the back there, I've got children who are waiting to be sponsored, and and Baptist World Aid sponsorship model impacts the whole community, not just that child. The whole family benefits, as you saw with the Johnson video. You can make a donation. You can get involved with our advocacy work. There's a catalyst group here at Mounties that's very involved with that so that you know that you're shopping ethically in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. So let me finish with this challenge. Think of your life as a house. What sort of house are you building? What are the foundations like? Are you building on things that are going to pass away? Or are you building on things of eternal value and seeking to live out God the Father's heart for the nations and the world? Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we do thank you so much that we are so abundantly blessed, even by living in Australia. Yes, all of us have problems and difficulties in our lives, but when we think about the world as a whole, we just are so enormously blessed. But Lord, you have so ordained things that you want your living water to flow through us, out to others. And so help us to be those that do build our house on the rock, on the Lord Jesus, and seek to be agents of transformation about your business and your ways to bring your grace, your love, and your hope into this needy world. And we do thank you, Lord, uh, for the work of Baptist World Aid and other Christian agencies that are making a difference because they're following after your son, the Lord Jesus. And in his matchless and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. 
If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.